The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. And welcome to Live Radio, episode 358. This is the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist at Lave Station. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, that's Commander Edelweiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. I am slightly concerned. I'm trying a thing tonight where I'm completely in vr so if my pc catches fire or everything suddenly dies you know why oh dear yes okay fair fair enough is this the new pc by the way it's a slight upgrade with a new graphics card and things yes cool so i do Um, have graphics cards that can actually do vr and i'm now trying (laughs) to actually do some vr we also have our inhuman resources director commander shan hello Ben, why are you spending most of your time looking at your crotch in the ship? Because I, uh, because I can. No, I just can't see when I turn my microphone off and nod. <laughs> okay, that's scary. Oh, and this week, unfortunately, Commander Psychic cannot be with us um, uh, because she's got something else happening. Um, so in order to fill the Psychic void uh, and to carry on with the discussion that we were having last week, we thought we'd get in a lore master extraordinaire. So please welcome Commander Wotherspoon. Good evening. I've dyed my hair pink for the, for the occasion. Well, all two of them? Yeah, both of them. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm probably going to get... I just realised that I can't really insult you, otherwise I'm going to get horrible Galnet news articles about me. Certainly not. Of course not, right. Um, <laughs> if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game, as uh, Ben is demonstrating at the moment. Um, where are you trying to fly about, Ben? I'm actually in the... Uh, not the Cornhole system, the Cornsar mm-hmm. system. Um, and... So yeah, we've been we've been recognised by Commander Flashpoint, um, and Oblivious eighty eight, and a few other people. Mm. Um, 
saying, basically saying, oh, oh, what are you guys, well, not what are you doing here, well, you're here, hi, um, <laughs> and various other things that are suitably embarrassing that you can actually probably see on screen at the moment, so, yeah, um, but yeah, so, we're here, I'm probably not going to be doing a lot, because I'm risking enough as it is, but I am here and I'm trying it, so I don't know. So you're in open, you're you're yeah <laughs> outside. Oh, right, fair I'm enough. At, I'm at the rescue ship um, in Cornell uh, in Cornsar. Uh, apparently, I, I found that VR improves your combat skills quite a lot. So uh, if people are in the that. system, if people are in the system, we can test that out by if you shoot at Ben, we can see how well he does in VR. To yeah. Thankfully, the science. rescue ship Shan will protect me. We hope. Um, we hope. Yes. Yes, we, we hope. Yes. As other people have said, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong, eh? It'll be fine. Mm. So, yes, Commander Flashpoint's just coming to say hello to us, apparently. Oh, that'd be very nice of him. Um, Excuse me. If you can't get to us in-game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat, or you could go to twitch.tv slash laveradio. In addition to that, you can go to Lave Radio on um, YouTube, and also Lave Radio on Facebook. Um, right, so we'll just quickly go around the crew, see what they've been up to. We'll start with Commander Shan, since he says he's got lots of lovely news to talk about. I have. Well, we've had a very busy week so far. Um, we have been preparing the Shan Lab for the um, arrival of test subject Gamma, um, a.k.a. a kitten, which we are getting on Saturday. Oh, thank God for that. I thought you were going to say alpaca. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, well, it, it's actually a, a really amazing kitten. It's a Bengal cat, um, which... <laughs> Not tiger, then. Well, apparently, <laughs> tiger uh, thing. apparently it was originally created by crossing an Asian leopard cat with a domestic cat, so it, it's kind of it's kind of looks looks like a snow leopard at the moment. It's not the size of a snow leopard, obviously, but yeah, I mean, apparently they're really amazing cats, and they're really friendly with dogs, and they're hyperallergenic as well, so you don't get the the allergies associated with normal moggies. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to experimenting on, on with it um, just to kind of see what it see what it does really. So we've had to um, go around and in the process of putting cable wrapping to stop it chewing through cables and all sorts of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well it gets on with the dogs. See, I've already tested catnip on the dogs today to see whether catnip affected our border collies, which it doesn't. So we've had a control for the catnip at the moment. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Excellent. I think people will agree I will make an excellent and responsible cat owner. Somehow I've got this feeling that you and cats just basically get on so well because they're vicious and kill lots of defenseless birds and, and things like that. Well, that's not very nice. Well, in my opinion, but neither are cats. Doesn't Shan have a reputation for... Murdering cats and smashing their heads in, or something like that. Uh, not, not this cat. It's well, it's not that cat. cat. Obviously, it's a, it's alive, and it's just you've only just gotten it. We haven't got it yet. We, we, oh, we, we well, have, that's we, why it's we, alive. 
we were getting it on Saturday. Apparently, it's been uh, it's been harness trained, and uh, Mrs. Shannon is looking forward to taking it out for a walk with the dogs on a lead. Hey, that that's just a natural. What a cat! Mm, right, yeah. fine. <laughs> Um, well, no, they're really cool because you can train them. You can train them to fetch and sit and lay down and spin round and yeah, that's that's things. not cats. That's dogs. Yeah, there's, yeah. Have you ever heard of a guide cat? <laughs> no, no. You just imagine oh. a guide cat. Basically, you'll be a poor blind person underneath a car waiting to cross the road, and then oh, just, um, just drag them across the road like crazy. Well, maybe that's an experiment we'll have to try. Yeah, I'm agreeing with Jonathan. Tea time here. There's no such thing as a cat owner. It's the other way around. <laughs> well, we shall see. We shall see. But we, we've had to go and cat, catify the house, and we're watching lots of Jackson Galaxy videos and all things like that. Okay. Fine. Um, okay, Commander Wotherspoon, nice to have you on the show. Um, what have you been up to, say, for a, the last bit? The last bit? Well, the last time I was on the show was at Frontier Expo 2017, is it? That's so, a long time ago. Four sorry, years. I need to catch up with four years, yes. Um, in the last week, um, <laughs> in the last week, I have ripped um, a load of old fans, which allegedly, according to a friend of mine, uh, I've had in in my computer for the last 37 years and have replaced them with uh, some lovely silent noctua ones, which um, which means I can record even when my computer is getting hot and bothered and still have a nice silent background, which is wonderful. Ooh. I've also, also been doing some gardening um, and uh, planting lots of heucheras, which people in England can't pronounce right because they can't say heuchera. 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 Is that right? Heuchera, yes, yes, because, because you have the h sound that Scots have. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was about to say, I was able to, to say it, but then I forgot I'm not English. <clears throat> You're not. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in fact quite, I, I think the majority of people on this show are Scottish, strangely. We're not anymore. No? No, no. When, when, uh, when um, Psycho yeah, Cow took a... Yeah, Psycho took a step yeah. back. Um, that, that removed away the tartan majority. One English, one Welsh, and two Scottish. At the moment, yes. That's a good balance. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, of course, when uh, when Psychic's on, it's, it's two English, two Scottish. So, you know, it's, I try and keep things... Is she English? I'm not sure. I thought Psychic was. Okay. No doubt, we'll, no doubt we'll get told. No doubt. Hold off. Hold off, if you're wrong. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I mean, call, calling calling a Welsh person English is almost as dangerous as calling a Scots person English. Yes, uh, uh, you you you, you learn to do this. Um, if if you're in, if you hear someone who sounds American, you say, "Are you Canadian?" Because it's okay to get it wrong <laughs> that way round. If you hear someone who sounds mm. like an Australian, you say, "Oh, are you from New Zealand?" Um, Chris Mark Four has pointed out that the majority of the Tech Monkey enclosure is Scottish. Right. That, that is, is very. That is very true. And no English people. We have a bunch of Scottish monkeys. <laughs> Scottish monkeys. Well, um, <laughs> that's why it's a, a great British show, and we'll shall move on. Oh, we're we're international we... now. If we want we to go and welcome, we, if we want to welcome our new tech monkey, we do. Which I was going to bring along at the, uh, the end of this little roundup. Um, <laughs> we. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, Ben, what you been up to? Um, I, I've been up to a fair amount, actually, uh, mostly in real life, not so much in game. Um, real life-wise, the Inspiration4 mission absolutely hammered me because I was watching it pretty much live, and their daytime seemed to be from around about 9pm in the evening our time. Mm. Through tall, you know that that was the start of their. They were sort of seemed to be getting up about eight or nine in the evening uh, for their launch, and then their uh, landing, and the rest of the day just seemed to be. Yeah, we'll just get up at that that time of night or that time of the morning because obviously they're in space. They don't care what the time is. So, did you actually watch all of it, or did you just look at the countdown and saw the twenty minutes left, and then set the alarm for fifteen? Oh no, minutes? I watched. I watched all of it. I was watching. I watched all of the 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 pre-launch stuff from when. SpaceX's stream went live uh, for both landing and launch, um, and then I also watched the the charity streams that they did with St Jude's and things like that when they came live. Because um, yeah, it was it's a. I think that the. Do we want to talk about this now, Colin, or should we talk about this later, or or should? Oh, no, we no, talk about it now. Okay, yeah, I think what the Inspiration Four mission did now is very important on a lot of different. Uh, levels. You know, it's not just some millionaire and his mates or employees going off into space. Uh, even though Jeff Bezos gets a lot of credit for you know, inviting Wally Funk up there, um, it's not just um, Sir Richard Branson testing in inverted commas their experience uh, with his employees. It's for I'm not going to say very gets. ordinary. What's that, Sham? Sorry. Four lucky gets went up, and then four lucky gets came back down again. Well, that's the good news. I mean, it's for, I would say it's one extraordinary rich person, one ordinary, very lucky woman, one pretty damn, you know, pretty damn up there, and also pretty damn lucky another woman, uh, and then one very, very lucky bloke who I can relate to in so many levels. Because um, he's basically he's in his forties, he's a geek, and he's a jammy sod. You know, he didn't just win the charity, the generosity side of it. He lost the generosity side of it, uh, although he still made a donation. But his mate won the prize and then gave it to him. So he's just like super, <laughs> super jammy. Uh, and you know, he went off and he did he did so many things. I think it's yeah. I could he he watched spaceballs coming down. Yeah, you know, I can I can completely get that. So, what did he watch? The uh, ludicrous? Were they travelling at ludicrous speed in re-entry then? Well, they, they were literally coming down to Earth as he was watching it. He was like, I think it's sort of like about I don't know about half an hour into the into the movie or something like that, when the camera clipped to his showing his perspective, and you could see his his leg, and they were literally about two minutes away from doing their deorbit burn. But I can understand why, because you know they're. He especially is just a specialist. I say just, but you know what I mean. You know, just a specialist sitting there, and unless something happens, there's nothing for him to do. He, there's no view for him to look at. There's nothing for him to do. So what do mm. we do? We start fidgeting with our tablets and stuff like that, don't we? So what would you do, Ben? Okay, so you are in Inspiration 5. You're the mission and specialist. You've got nothing to do. What film do you watch? I would probably have... The Firefly series on on my tablet, um, so yeah, I'd probably have have that and Serenity in there. Uh, obviously, have Alien in there. Oh, one other thing that the crew 
the crew on the inspiration, they had a face hugger uh, plushie up there with them. A face well, right, fine. They had a face hugger plushie up there with them, as well as their official zero G mascot, which was a uh, which was a, a Labrador, which is like the caring dog that the hospital has. Um, you know, it reminds me that if you watched Gravity, uh, the Sandra mm-hmm. Bullock film Gravity, before going <laughs> up in one of those, that's because of watching an airport yeah. movie before you take a transatlantic flight. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just like watching the Poseidon Adventure on a cruise or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that does actually re- remind me, uh, Ben. I, I've been learning about my uh, about looking after a kitten uh, by watching the goodies on BritBox with the episode Kitten Kong. And um, I was just thinking of the goodies episode where they go to the moon, don't they? And they come back. I, as I, my... actually, I don't know if I've ever seen the goodies. What? Uh, <laughs> don't tell me he's too young for the goodies. I don't remember it. Um... Remember, Shan, it was never repeated. Oh, it's on BritBox that, now. What... It came out this week oh, on BritBox. Yeah. Uh, along with Terrorhawks. Terrorhawks, I remember. Terrorhawks was awesome. Yeah, Terrorhawks was 80s. The goodies was early 70s, so w- Ben would probably have been... Yeah, I'd have been too young for that then. Because uh, I yeah? was born in... Seven... Yeah. You might... yeah. Everyone's seen the kitten episode of the goodies where they feed the kitten. I don't think so. Well, they feed nope. the kitten growth food, and it and it demolishes the post office tower, and it's <laughs> kitten Kong. Must have seen that, that one. That doesn't does not ring any bells. Apparently, people are demanding that um, we show Ben the goodies. Apparently, okay, from the chat room. It is so pretty we'll... fundamental stuff. You really do. You really yeah, do need so to see it. Is that sort of something that's on my my list of shame or something like that? I, I think I think you'll break his innocence. I think you destroyed Ben's innocence by watching the goodies. Well, I don't know. Just seeing the the ancient art of Ecky Thump. The, the goodies I remember, which is not on Brickbox at the moment, is the one where they had the uh, the the western with the tomato ketchup bottles as the gun. E Pilot Double Seven. We're not talking about the Goonies, which I do remember. This is the goodies. The Goonies yes. is amazing. Um, they had such wonderful hit, hits in the seventies, such as "Ooh Ooh Ooh," the funking funky Gibbon, which is is quite ironic. Uh, on the subject of Gibbons, just moving quickly, slightly away, uh, um, tech monkeys. Uh, we'd just like to welcome. We have a new tech monkey uh, for for this one. A I, I do believe a Czech tech monkey. Now, is this co- right? I'm going. I'm going to murder a Czech this monkey. A Czech monkey. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, he's, he's, he wants to be known as the tech sloth, but we've got uh, Pot- Commander Putnik Santiago. Is, is that about right? That is correct. Uh, hello. Yes. Excellent. Right. Well. Um, oh, let's just see what's quickly I've been uh, through today, uh, this week rather. Unfortunately, I've been ill a lot. So I haven't been much in game. I've mostly been lying in bed, shivering and coughing a lot. Uh, but it's a negative on the COVID, thankfully. Uh, apart from that, I did get involved with a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of the CG, which we'll talk about later. And uh, last night, I had my first attempt, or first successful attempt, uh, at playing Star Trek Bridge Crew, and I must admit, I loved it. It's just a shame it took two hours to get the whole woman set up working. And by the time we'd actually got it working... So who did, you play, who did you play Bridge Crew with, Colin? Did you play it by yourself? 
No, no, I have my uh, uh, my friend Ralph who does this, who does this kind of game night on a on a Monday night. Normally, don't we you feel slighted, Ben? Don't you feel slighted? I was going to invite you in once we had the whole thing set up and after we'd done a test run, but it took that long to get everything set up and get the test run done. I thought it's what half eleven at night. I thought. They'll be asleep when they're with their cocoa and, and see, their their fuzzy little little hot water bottle. You see, so Ben's I'm, I'm not, not going to, to you. Ben's not talking to you about it now. That's why he's silent. You see, you've you've upset him so much. You didn't invite him. I to am traumatized. You're right, Chan. But no, I am. I am being serious. Though, I am looking. I really do want to try out Bridge Crew at some point. Um, so I am looking forward to giving that a shot at some point in the future. Well, that's not how you get a second date, Ben. You've not even bought me dinner yet. We'll move on uh, from um, from Shan and Ben's romantic entanglements uh, onto um, the development news, which has been happening this week. Now, actually, quite a few things have been happening. It's just not everything that we've been hoped to have happened by now. Um, obviously, last Tuesday evening, um, uh, Bruce put out a call for um, Bruce and Zach actually put out a call for the Elite Sports Stunts video. So if you want to earn a paint job and win a stream feature um, then please perform a death-defying stunt (laughs) using either an SRV, a ship or or even just a person uh, and uh, send it into them and they will they will then get all judgy on you and uh, if i guess the the best stunt wins so i'm actually looking forward to seeing what results come out with this because normally we will we'll get somebody who's completely and utterly out there i know uh well we'll we'll, we'll come on to this i think some of the efforts later on um obviously on thursday uh bruce um Posted an update to the Azimuth Saga, which has been happening. Now, um, uh, this brings things up to date with the uh, the events which have happened this week. Uh, however, they have now said that um, we are now officially at the beginning of Act 4. Now, if those of you who remember, this is a, supposed to be a, a six-act six narrative uh, that we're following. So we're just over halfway. Um, everybody okay with that? I would argue that it's actually more more than halfway because uh, there was a prologue as well as the acts, and the prologue was quite quite extensive. Uh, all the Adamaster stuff. And does the act count include the epilogue as well? I don't know. We'll have to put that to them. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had a bit of bad news yesterday. Um, it seems that uh, the lovely Doctor K. Ross. Uh, is handed in her one month notice. Um, she notified the community via Twitter last uh, uh, yesterday, uh, and it's um, she said that she's been working on this project for eight and a half years, and she feels it's time to move on. Which is a, it's a shame that uh, she's moving on. Um, she will, I think, she will be missed by um, the community. Uh, but um, well, what can you say to that? Well, I can. I think we we can all join in and say she's contributed a huge amount to the game, and in fact, she kind of did the galaxy really. She's creationess of the galaxy, really. So, yeah, I mean, huge contribution. Huge, I mean, staggering achievements her and her team did. 
Um, about the only person they could get to replace her is Professor Brian Cox, I think. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit concerned of where it leaves the planetary um, textures and things like that. I'm hoping she has enough Padawans to carry on the work. Yes, uh, it, that is quite true. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have, the first thought was, okay, who's going to do the new planetary tech now? Well, she she has said repeatedly that mm-hmm. she's part of a team and that all the stuff that tends to get attributed to her is actually achieved by a team of a team of really sort of excellent people who can who can do really excellent work. So, um, you know, I, I think you need to be careful about about um, idolizing individuals. It's really the it's really the team that achieves. And it may well be that that um, Dr. Ross um, set them up to achieve. But mm-hmm. if it's been done right, then they should be able to continue doing just the same thing once she leaves. And you know, eight and a half years is a long time to spend in any in any occupation. I I I I, I hope she has something good to go go to after this. Why yeah. did I hear the Lego Movie song in my head when you were saying that, Pete? I don't know because because which, which one? everything is awesome. Yeah. Or or is it this song's going to get stuck inside your head? Yeah, everything is awesome when you're part of a team. Oh, of course, oh, right, got right, you. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Shan, we're, we're obviously not up on our, our Lego as much as you are. You're obviously not on your goodies either, honestly. <laughs> what pop culture do you actually know? Yeah, unfortunately, it's known as pop culture, you know, popular culture. Um, <laughs> these days, the goodies ain't popular. Twitch oh, no. <laughs> You're going to get hate mail for that one, Colin. <laughs> Pop culture for me seems to involve Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah, well, we all know what your age, your age yeah. group you have to deal with. If it, it ain't Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig, it ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, you heard, the thing, you heard the thing about America because um, Peppa Pig has shown so much. There are a lot of uh, American children growing up with the, uh, English accents. Wasn't Peppa Pig a meme or something like that with, with a with a link to nasty videos and stuff like that? Wasn't that Peppa Pig or something? Yeah, there was. There was. There was someone had done Peppa Pig videos, but um, it started off all nice and this, but then turned into Happy Tree Friends. So, <laughs> if anybody else has seen Happy Tree Friends, watch it, but not with your kids. Okay, that's yeah, Happy Tree Friends is amazing. But oh, it is suitable for kids. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh... <laughs> moving on to a little bit more positive news. Um, friend of the show, uh, Paige, um, is joining Special Effect as a uh, community manager. Uh, uh, for those of you that know Paige, she used to be a community manager at Frontier, uh, has done uh, a wonderful talk about mental health uh, uh, and coping uh, strategies at um, LaveCon this year, so uh, please follow her on Twitter, follow her on on Twitch, she's she's always worth a decent watch Um, Shan? Yeah, I mean, I was really pleased to see that because I can't imagine anyone better for the role than Paige. Mm, yeah, um, fair play to her. She's excellent job. Um, okay, well, moving on to something a little bit more upbeat. Um, it's tomorrow, guys. Update 7 drops tomorrow. 
uh, and they will be um, releasing it at a approximately 10 a.m. So um, Wednesday, the uh, 22nd of September, for those of you who are catching up on the podcast. Um, obviously, we will be going through most of this in detail next week because obviously the um, <coughs> the uh, the patch notes haven't been released, but we know that there's going to be the Apex Redirect, obviously the anti-ship uh, turrets and um actually rocket men if you like or the is it the enforcers i can't remember what the, these rocket troops are called uh, enforcers, i think yeah so um they'll be coming to the on foot combat zones uh and uh, normally there are hundreds and hundreds of other um little uh fixes that go along with it and we know that at least seven of the uh, fix-it list items are are marked to be fixed in this release. Um, I think they've, they've, put a, uh, they've tried to manage people's expectations to say, don't expect too much of an improvement in the frame rate. There are, there are fixes in place, but it's update 8 that they think they'll have cracked that nut. Or they're confident about it anyway. Do we um, know how long the outage will be for? Is it like it goes down at 10 and it's not back till 6 o'clock in the evening? Or is it well, or? the guys who who did, it was Bruce and Zach who did the community stream today. Uh, they were a bit hesitant about that. They, they sort of said it would, might be up by midday, but we never know with this kind of stuff how long it would take. So just have to wait and see about that. But, so mash that F5 button, guys. <laughs> yeah, but one thing they did mention was that, and this got posted by Sally on the forums, there's an update to PowerPlay. I'll just let oh, that sink. Yeah, I'll just let that, that sink into everybody. Someone actually fixed something in PowerPlay. Is it open only now? <laughs> no, it, it's actually a long-known bug about um, when uh, a system goes into revolt apparently the value of that system was still being added to the um, uh, added to the power when it should have actually been taken away. So that's been fixed in the background, but it's just the mere fact that somebody fixed something in PowerPlay. And I think a lot of people thought they didn't know how to do that, make any fixes to PowerPlay anymore. So that, that was nice to, uh, to see. Um, so, Obviously, and there was one other thing that happened on Monday that we just came one. There's one small tweet and it said, Happy 37th birthday, Elite. I, I hate to say this, but does this make anybody else feel absolutely ancient or just me? I still remember when I first saw Elite on, on my uh, cousin's Acorn Electron. And so it has that, that much, the games had that much of an effect on my mind. I still remember that time when I saw it on the Acorn Electrum. So it doesn't make you feel old, it just makes you think, oh, that was a cool moment. Yeah. Ben, ben, were you the same? I was a little bit... So I played Elite, not quite in 84, but probably about 86, 88, something like that. Um, and right. you know, we, had a BB, we had a BBC to play it on, mm. and I, you know, I played a shitload of it. You know, I just... I remember playing on the BBC, having the tape deck that we used for loading up tape games with, um, and playing various hair metal group bands, basically. 
Um, and just jamming out to that for hours and hours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's see. Did it? Did it cost me my GCSEs? No, it was too young. It was. It was. It was too <laughs> early for it to get involved with my with my GCSE. So it didn't muck me. that game. Didn't muck up my GCSE. So right. I was no, okay. I, I asked my mum to hide the lens lock up so I could do my O levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was oh muds that messed up my first year of university. Muds. Yep. Multi-user dungeons. Wow. Multi-user dungeons. Yeah, I must. <laughs> no, it was over Janet, wasn't it? No, we got yeah over Janet. Basically, got into university, yeah. got access to our um, probably Solaris accounts, I guess, that were obviously always on, and we could telnet into them from any. We could telnet into them from anywhere that you had telnet in, which obviously included home. Mm. So instead of being in the labs working, we were in the labs typing away, but actually playing multi-user dungeons, not work. <laughs> I do feel a little bit, a little bit grumpy about uh, Elite 1984 because mm-hmm. I spent every single waking hour getting to Elite on ZX Spectrum version, wanting to get the little silver Elite badge that you sent off for. Oh yeah, and then they cancelled it so you couldn't get it because someone found a cheat to get instant Elite. Uh, oh, oh well, I got this have two million credits. In classic elite, which was quite a feat back then, and uh, yeah, the pains didn't send me my badge. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Mind you, you uh, got a little, you got a little silver badge if you kickstarted and got the uh, the uh, the proper sort of uh, hardback edition. It's not the same though. It was kind of like, but by then everyone is cat had got elite, you know. At that point, but back in ZX Spectrum, really, I was—I actually queued outside the computer shop for it to open the day Elite was launched on the Spectrum, and I then got in my Mark One Escort and drove home as fast as it could go to load it up. I, I think, uh, in my case, it was yeah, it was—it was just a case of um, I had to save up three weeks worth of pocket money in order to afford Elite because Elite yeah, was because it was fifteen quid, ex- wasn't it? It was, it was the most quid, expensive game. Yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, who was it? Somebody. I think it was Wintermute. Yeah, Wintermute was confessing something, which I have. I have since confessed to David Braben that, as he notes, the BBC Model B didn't have any copy protection on it, and a certain IT teacher of mine was the one who actually gave me my copy of Elite. Ooh, you naughty person. It did. I, I was I was young and innocent at the time. We didn't think anything about sharing these things up then. Um, but I have I have since confessed this to David, and I know I'm not the only one. Thank God. Was that on tape? Uh, no, it was on disc. On disc. Okay. Yep. Because I recall that you needed to type in words from the manual in order to enable it. Not on the disc thing. You that was like load in. Was this for the Elite Two, or was this in? No, this was the original Elite, which I started playing in January 1985, <laughs> I think it was. Okay, Max um, saying that the BBC disc had copy protection in bad sectors. Yes, uh, it did. That's right, because because actually it's um, it's it's how I learned to do disc disc um, sector sector wise copying. Yes. <laughs> by the way, I was, uh, sorry. I said. By the way, I've just uh, gone on to the Bank of England's inflation calculator. And the 15 quid that Elite was sold for in 1984 
mm. would now cost us today £49.31. So it's about the same price. It's about an average then price then. As a AAA game now, almost. Yeah. So if you're whinging about the prices of games, it was just the same 37 years ago. Yeah. Um, right. Well, let's see. <laughs> Moving on from, um, obviously, the birthday of the of the game that kicked it all off. Uh, we'll just go through what uh, has been happening this week in the game. Um, well, last Thursday, the Kumu crew lost their uh, their CG over the legal onion head um, fight. Uh, that that was quite an interesting little um, uh, CG. Uh, there has been no official CG this this week, but um, Sanction was right on the money uh, with the Argoids attacking the system he predicted, and now this has led to other shenanigans and drama, which we'll we'll, we'll be probably touching on later on. Um, the Federation and Yuri Grom's faction are in the middle of talks over Delta Pavonis in order to, for the Federation to try and stop one of their founder worlds leaving, although technically... They're um, not really in charge there anymore. Um, yep, salvation, not sanction. Yes, okay. Um, and a possible heir to the Empire has been born. Um, that's Hadrian Duval and his wife had just had a son, which has now caused a little bit of um, consternation in the Empire. It's called, Ar- it's called Archie. Can I, can I just say, he, they haven't actually had him yet. Uh, he's... I was, uh, Hadrian's wife's only six months pregnant, so they're expecting she... a child in December. Oh, I was under the impression that um, the little tyke had, had popped into existence, but obviously not. But <laughs> you think no. if you poured a whole load of progenitor cells in the test in 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 his wife, it would pop out earlier? Yes. Don't say. Please don't tell me this baby is born on the twenty fifth of December. Oh no. It might actually be born on the anniversary of Elite's formal release. <laughs> 60. Yeah, that'd be funny. Ah, uh, dear. Right. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind, uh, we'd like to play the store jingle, please. Store a lot. And welcome back. Well, um, one of I think we've we've only got one item to discuss today, and that's the Type Seven Lacon Metallic, shown in silver, but also available in metallic white, red, orange, and sand. Shan, what do you guys think to this? I for a Type Seven, it doesn't look too bad to my eyes. To be fair, the silver one, it kind of looks a bit imperial. So uh, I don't mind that. I mean, I'm, I'm wouldn't spend any arcs on it, of course, but it's it's better than the the hats for this for this the seats and stuff. It appears to Ooh. have the word lake on all over it, um, which is rather interesting. 
Yeah, just in case, case you, you forget who name it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was about to say the same point. Just in case you forget that that kind of boxy design, uh, you know, you may mistake it from uh, for a Guatemala. Guatemala. Do you think it needs some, like a GTI on the end, on the back <laughs> or something? Well, the Type Seven GTI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a GTI badge on the back of it, and everyone thinks it's oh, it's wonderful. Or M Sport, because you see these fake BMWs, don't you, with these fake M Sport badge on the back? Yeah, near enough. Or anything that says Sport, Mondeo Sport. Hmm, really? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and we will come back with uh, our main discussion of the evening. On the far side of the bubble. On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank Really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, monkabate, prickleback, soul, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, soul, shad, scat, Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw. Hooma, hooma, nuka, nuka, wappa, wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios, and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor, but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping, and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for ten whole minutes while the medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Seoul, and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps, Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Cowell and McGrath. Taking on any case. Playing the percentages. In system travel... Sometimes it takes so long. I have chills for all kinds of circumstances on my ship. But the one thing I don't have a tool for is uneven tan lines. 
I just want to look like a million credits. But when you're living for days on a ship with processed and filtered air, it really dries out your skin. I use Betterhope Goldening Tan Cream. It just boosts your confidence. I don't believe that beauty is only skin deep, but now I really do look like a million credits. Even my friends mistook me for a genuine gold skin. Jameson and James. Upgrades and services for your body. And welcome back, everybody. Now, obviously, we're going to discuss um, some more story that happened this week. Um, no CG. Uh, what happened instead was the Thargoids uh, attacked, and um, Salvation said that uh, actually the, we have something that could uh, could stop them if you take this goods from one system to another and the reward will be a <laughs> um, dead Thargoids and a a, um, a travel permit to another system. And uh, was it a Class 2 Gauss Cannon, which um, is going to be quite interesting to use. Um, so, as an alternative to a CG, I'd like to know what everybody thought of this. Um, Mr. Wotherspoon. I like the way it was presented because uh, community goals run the risk of being a bit samey because you know they're going to start on a Thursday, they're going to finish the following week and there's always a very clear goal set out and indeed you know exactly what the tiers are and what's going to be achieved as, as a result of it. This one's kind of more busking it, it, or it feel, feels like busking, it's obviously been planned. But it, it it does mean that 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 so players were caught on the on the back foot a little bit. Here's something new. It was initially only broadcast to people who had previously participated in salvation events, and then later on, I think on Sunday, uh, there was a general broadcast went out to everybody to say, you know, if you if you're in game at the moment, here's a message telling you go to this place, get get basic meds, take them to one of the um, one of the rescue ships in Coronsar. And uh, what you'll actually be doing is helping to build a death ray or some 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 sort of um, weapon which will allow salvation to wipe out all the Thargoids in the system. And we didn't completely know even when on Monday it was going to finish. It turns out it was the beginning of Monday, UK time. So, um, so you know, presumably everyone who's taken at least one tonne of goods from one place to the other... Um, will have participated in that. They'll perhaps have their cards marked. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps they're no longer friends of the Thargoids. Um, but then, of course, there was another, a, a player group who were opposing uh, the whole thing and trying to buy up all the basic meds from Salvation's megaship and dump them into space to um, to prevent this, this activity from happening. Um, but by the look of it, on Monday... We have to assume that Salvation fired his death ray and uh, all the Thargoids disappeared at a a stroke. With with a lot of wreckage all over the planets, I do believe. Yes, indeed. And um, and, and there's there's a lot of Thargoid probes sort of sitting down there. Are they probes? I can never remember which is which. Um, Are they the ones that used to be known as unknown artefacts? Yeah, probes. In the Alpha for Odyssey... 
they were harmless if you got out and walked up to them. Now they kill you if you get too close. Oh, do they now? As I discovered, yes. So, uh, so could you drop them in a concourse? I think you might have trouble now. Um, certainly the, these ones um, were were damaging me when I got close. And there, there, there yes, were four of them you, around me. You, hmm? Yeah, but you drop them from your oh, SRV, don't you? Yes, if you could get them in there and, yes, yes, get them to a concourse, drop them through in the Alec Turner ghost giraffe. It was, who was it? It was ghost giraffe? Ghost giraffe that came up with it, yes, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, drop them through 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 the ceiling by ejecting them at high speed so that they 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 avoid the collision detection. Um, yes, yeah, so so unfortunately, of course, when you're inside a concourse, um, that is effectively uh, just a big walk around loading menu or a, a, a menu screen. Um, so you are immune from damage while you're in there. Um, I think science needs to be done, though. <laughs> I think Alec is your man. So so that's it. We we basically want to. Go back to um, <laughs> dropping alien artifacts onto onto systems to kill them. Is that what we're saying, Nick? Well, you could you could um, certainly sort of drop them to settlements, and they would they would do damage there for sure. You could you could you could protect your base by dropping dropping uh, thargoid uh, un- unknown probes or uh, whatever they're called now uh, thargoid. Um, what they're called, I can't remember which one they are. Um, but, but yeah, you could have a little ring of them round round the bases on on foot combat, and nobody could come close. Conflict zones. Conflict zones. Yeah, probably. Oh wow, you're just dropping them in the middle of conflict zones, and everybody dying as <laughs> you try to bomb them. Oh my goodness, we've got new trolling, mm. and and trust Shan to think up of it. It's just. Oh. You want to see it happen, though, Colin. Come on, admit it. This part of you wants to see mass die-offs. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll we'll have to do that in the in the name of Lave Radio Science, just like um, the last time we mixed, mucked about with Thargoid stuff. Um, oh dear, Stephen Usher <laughs> will never be forgiven for that. <laughs> yes, uh, I think a, a a Thargoid probe bomb run is going to be needed uh, in the nearest lay, uh, conflict zone to, to leave, just to see what happens. Would they kill? Would they kill the NPCs too? Do you think that's, that's one of the reasons know. why we wanted to to test it? Because if it only kills players, <laughs> right? So okay, let's write that down in the notebook. Um, <laughs> but in, in in terms of the actual event in the Coronsar system, the thing that was unusual about it is that it was predicted two days before it happened by Salvation and. That, of course, leads to questions. Why or how did he know that the Thargoids were suddenly going to appear in vast numbers in this particular system? Yeah. And, of course, the the other unknown is, why are there so many bits of Guardian materials floating around in the system? Is that a result of, perhaps, a megaship loaded with lots of Guardian materials sort of disintegrating in that system at some point in the past? Very true, um, or well, I mean, th- this is this is the the wonderful thing about this is because, uh, um, oh well, I I'm not going to stop Shan when he's got a theory. Go on, Shan. Well, my complete wild tinfoil hat theory on the identity of Salvation is that it is a uh, Guardian AI. Okay. Well, okay. 
right? Um, simply because, well, if you think about it, a, a mega ship mysteriously goes missing. Pretty sure a Guardian AI could hijack a mega ship and divert it. Guardian AI is also programmed to kill Thargoids, and they became rather good at it. Uh, and then you've got the, as Pete just said, you've got the uh, amount of Guardian bits and pieces floating around, which could well be a result of a Guardian weapon. So, uh, in terms of a story, Guardian AI, it, for me, makes sense because there isn't a. Uh, if it's a person, it's coming out of left field and there's no established storyline for it. It's a MacGuffin. If it's a Guardian AI, there's an awful lot of raw and story to back that up. And at the moment, the Guardian AIs is a story thread that hasn't gone anywhere. That's, that's certainly true that the, the, the Guardian AI has been set up as something that still exists and it does still exist to some degree because when you go to a guardian guardian site you've got the sentinels they are guardian ai but but you're right there may well be sort of added layers of complexity to that that there could they could actually still be guardians Mm -hmm. of the galaxy if you like um against uh, against thargoids because that's what they were set up to do that's that, that that's quite a quite quite a good theory i've i've seen that in more than one place um, it does. It does seem to be a sort of, a sort of one of one of the front runners in terms of who salvation might be. Well, there's these big guardian structures, isn't there, floating around? You know, when you follow the laser pointers from hmm. um, thing, that leads you, doesn't it, to these guardian structures? Yeah, uh, floating in orbit. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ben, do you have uh, any? theories on uh salvation's identity or or how the actual um uh the cg played out this week or the the plot played out this week i don't have any theories as such no um the last i heard a lot of people seem to think that it was d2 was was salvation but yeah i i have to bet i like shan's idea about the guardian ai um i like the idea about it being d2 for all I know, though, it could be John Jameson's long-lost brother uh, who was cryogenically frozen for 200 years and returns to find Earth as a, as a wasteland and sort of, and is doing something about it. And he falls in love with a commander Deering and has a little robot. I think that's a great idea, yeah. Um, yeah, but don't you have to be frozen? Oh, yeah, frozen for 500 years. Yeah, I, okay, I get it. Um. Honestly, I've got no idea who Salvation could be. Um, right, I think I, th- and, I think it is deliberate that um, we don't we don't yet know. It's it's nice to have an unknown in the game, yeah. and we also have, of course, the identity of the witch. Yep. To, uh, to Although I've heard some people saying that they thought the witch and the and Salvation were one and the same. That's a possibility. Um, uh, cause, and of course, the witch is the person who. Is basically being referred to as the witch won't, you know, is going to go off and do all these things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, um, sort of doing all these various nasty, nasty things to the, everybody. There, are, there, there are some other possibilities. I think um, uh, one of the people who comments on my videos, uh, Sophia, um, mm. quite, quite, um, quite correctly pointed out that Alba Tezra would be a, a great candidate to be the witch because the I timeline Ezra actually was somebody up. from Star Wars. Albert Ezra is, is, or was, um, the um, research director at Aegis. All right, okay. And oh, interesting. She, she took up her post about three months after uh, the events involving the witch. 
Where did the um, when was the first mention of this of the witch? It was in in the recent. Uh, oh right, okay. Yeah. I thought I'd missed something, but no, yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, both both of the two sites, um, Fortash and uh, whatever the other one is, mm-hmm. uh, they they both mention the witch the, uh, in in the log. So so the witch is mentioned twice. It's clearly not an accident. It's very deliberate. Um, sort of seeding that someone called the witch is in charge. The witch suggests a female. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Alva Tezra is female. So, you know, kind of that's, that's, you know, not, not exactly narrowing it down a lot, but the timeline matches, um, the interests match because, um, Sophia, uh, again, sort of, sort of point, pointed out that, that, you know, Alba Tezro is the person who wanted to communicate with the Thargoids, to talk to the Thargoids, to not fight the Thargoids, and that does rather match in with the idea of um, of of trying to trying to meld with Thargoid technology, and um, and and communicate with it. Yeah. And well, yes, to yes, indeed, indeed. So 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 there's there's a certain amount of commonality in there that that that, that would be a good match, but then. We, we we have some people writing very very good stories here, complex stories which which have unexpected twists and turns. So um, you know Lawrence Oldham and his team are are doing a really good job of this, and you know sort of they they may well be be blindsiding us with something that we're just about to find out. Mm, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I must admit I've been um, I'm a, a, the fact the very fact that. Uh, First of all, the Thargoids attacked. I thought, oh, that's that's fine. That's um, it's about time we had some uh, Thargoid uh, interaction with maybe some CGs and Thargoid CGs and stuff. But then I noticed that it was just um, signal sources. It, it didn't have the combat zones. And true. But but they were different because yeah, they were... The, 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 these were persistent. Mm. Uh, so 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 it wasn't. It wasn't your computer creating them just for your benefit. They were no. visible to everyone in this in 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 that system, regardless of what platform they were playing on, what instance they were in, what group they were in. The same signal sources were there. So 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 this is a, a new mechanism for Thargoids, um, which which is really interesting. And also the fact that they were there for only three days and then they vanished again. That's something new. So. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's really interesting. I, I know a lot of people were disappointed that there weren't combat zones, because you know combat zones are are, are great fun. But um, yeah, this 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 was interesting. This was this was something special just for a few days. So um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I I suppose we ought to really discuss the mechanism and sort of what's what what you know like 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 why it is it was built like that. Yeah, why did, I mean, why did we change? Well, I mean, the only thing that I was going to say about the um, the actual event was I, I read I probably would have been just happy with uh, the the Thargoids coming back. The fact that the, we had this little extra bit from Salvation, which only appeared to commanders which have done other Salvation stuff, was really nice. And the fact it was really nice to see that pepper its way through the community until everybody realised, yes. God, there's something, there's more to it than this. Yes, that I that, thought was was its winning stroke. That rippling of of 
information coming out was great. You know, have you heard the news about that's 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 something that really brings the community to life and gets people talking to each other. So I think that actually worked really well. Um, I suppose some people who haven't previously done work for Salvation and who only ever play in solo and don't talk to any friends uh, mm. might have missed out on it because the only general communication was one on Sunday afternoon and you needed to be logged into the game to see it. Um, but um, other than that, I, I, I quite like the idea of something being apparently exclusive, even though it's actually open to everybody. Yes. That worked quite nicely. Um, have, having a bit of what Mac Winston, I think, calls the fog of war uh, does does make life a little bit more interesting. Very true. Um, Shan? Before we come on to the mechanics of uh, of the CG, I, just, I also had some other thoughts around um, the death ray, whatever you call it. And I'm just wondering where it's actually leading, where we think it's leading to. And I don't mean necessarily in story time, is... There was a rumor going around month and month ago that we would have on foot combat versus Thargoids. And the thought that occurs to me is how would the Thargoids react to having a whole system of their ships wiped out? Will they respond by sending a big mama ship, mother ship, to come and get us? Are we looking at a next generation? of Thargoid Interceptors to fight, or are they going to be more personal and attack on foot where they can't be wiped out from space? So I'm just wondering where people think it's going from a game mechanic perspective, because I hope it's something different, because if you just saw the normal, you know, Medusa, Hydra, Cyclops, if it's just that, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of cool, but it doesn't actually give you anything new to fight. So I'm just wondering if we think it's going to lead to something different. Well, the one thing we haven't yet seen from the Thargoids, um, which actually you, uh, I, will, I will be discussing in Galnet Digest at the end of the show, <laughs> um, is the Hive ships, which is the equivalent of um, the Farragut Battlecruiser or the Imperial Interdictor, the really big ships which, um, which, which, which can launch other ships, you know, other large ships, and uh, which could potentially be a, be a big target because... Um, the John Jameson logs uh, in the crashed uh, Cobra Mark III um, talk about a Thargoid hive ship. And, yes, they delivered the mycoid virus to it, didn't they, in the game? Absolutely, yes. So, so there's an asset which may well exist. We've seen, just, just like when the Thargoid scouts first came out, we saw them as crashed on planetary surfaces as mm-hmm. a model, and then they became real. Um it may well be that those super large um, Thargoid structures that we find on uh, many planetary surfaces in the Pleiades might well be crashed hive ships, and the scavengers are kind of sort of trying Fixing to rebuild them. them. Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, if that's the case, then wouldn't it be fabulous to see one of those things floating through space? It'd be scary to see one of those things take off. Yes. Uh, so, so Kai is desperate to know, uh, Pete, about what you think about Thunderchild? Uh, oh gosh, that's um, that, that that was one of the early projects for monitoring for um, Thargoids, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I would need to research that. I, I I know that they were kind of they were shut down, weren't they? Um, but and that may yeah yeah well yeah I mean that that that, that may well sort of tie back <laughs> into some of the other storylines, but. Um, 
if we don't have enough information to to say for sure, you know, given that given that this is, you know, our, our story being written, um, and and it will have twists and turns. I I'm not I'm not sure I could I could necessarily say an awful lot about that. I would need to go and research. Um, <laughs> I have a very small brain for such things. Yeah, um, I mean the actual mechanics that um, this uh, this narrative followed. Uh, I mean, obviously it was. It was different from the the standard CG. There wasn't any um, there wasn't any levels. It was just a case of um, can you take this load of goods to this particular place, and if we get enough of them, uh, then we'll be able to action our our result. Uh, result. I mean, it did feel a refreshing change. Chan. Yeah, I have to give uh, Frontier props for it being delivered in a slightly different way. Um, so that's, that's a thumbs up. I did like that and more of that, please, Frontier. Um, what I was a little bit kind of old about was it you didn't actually need to have done anything previously for Salvation to join in or get the same rewards. And even if you didn't join in, you still get the rewards anyway. And also, yes, there was a player led thing to destroy. Uh, medicines and stuff, which was really fun, but mm. I, ca- I kind of want to see consequences. I want to have, as, as I spoke last week, a Loki element where if you feed enough medicines to the Thargoids, it actually stops this death rating from happening. So it, it needs a counter, otherwise it almost feels like we're being railroaded along a path. So that was kind of my bit, my thought, oh, it's, it's almost like... Um, the old, the old sports day thing where everyone gets a medal for joining in. And I don't know, I want to see consequences for player actions, even if it means players missing out on such a things, because you need consequences for your actions to give player involvement in the story. Otherwise, it's all on rails. Well, the problem that I have with what you're saying is that, first of all, um, if you don't want to waste all that woman development effort putting this story together just to have um, a rogue, you know, rogue player element just waste the time because, you know, that, that has been putting assets in place and all that kind of stuff. Now the, the, the main challenge I think that frontier has got to deal with is the fact that it, it's got to feel as if this is the, this is the route that we've chosen. And that is actually quite difficult when you've got to, <laughs> to keep so many people, happy and yeah i did i did like the fact that the, there was a group of people who went no we don't want to go and uh genocide a, a system worth of uh of thargoids um yeah go on then sean well i mean i, I get what you're saying and i at a level i do understand it because i remember at the cg years and years ago where they it was suddenly announced that actually you wouldn't be able to get class three gimbal beam lasers because a CG didn't reach the relevant level, and there was a almighty uproar about it. And then Frontier went, "Oh, go on then." If you so, th- there is an element of that to it, and I can understand where that's coming from. But I- I'm just wondering if it sort of feels like it doesn't matter what you do as an individual player the story will happen as a story will happen and i get the the observation that you'll prepare a whole load of of assets that aren't ever used again because of x y and z Mm -hmm. but 
that's kind of what you have to do when you are doing a player-driven story. You need to give them choices and consequences of their actions. I'm, I'm not feeling that particular aspect at the moment. Beep. Yeah, I mean, that, that clearly was a problem um, for the Emperor's Dawn story, wasn't it? Um, where Michael Brooks yeah. and others spent a lot of time developing a storyline based on the idea that Emperor's Dawn was going to overthrow the Empire and then and then sort of players decided they wanted to back the Empire. As seems to be the case, um, we seem to have a very lawful, good um, community um, because they don't back the Kumu crew in the recent, or the Kumu Council, excuse me, in the recent CG. Uh, they, they didn't back the Emperor's Dawn back, there, back then. They tend to back the status quo. Um, and clearly you don't want to waste too much time. You certainly want to create the illusion of choice and I think, I think kind of what we've got here is a choose-your-own-adventure because the the past week, I don't think you had a choice. But yeah. in previous occasions, we have had choices. Do you go with Salvation? Do you go with Aegis? Um, and I'm pretty sure that that's a branching storyline there. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it does need to be sort of... It needs to appear to be... Um, player choice uh, at least group player choice um and then the, it it needs to be a good story basically if it's a good story and and you can convince the players that they had a they had a choice then that's as good as having a choice um because you know like i can watch a film and i don't need to be able to choose what happens um sort of through it and i can still find it a good story um I mean, it's possibly true that at least some of the choice points we've had have been weighted. Mm-hmm. Um, that certainly the the salvation um, aegis goal out um, in the Orion um, nebula that 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 was kind of weighted towards salvation because he was offering better rewards, and that might happen more often. I'm not sure. Generally speaking, they seem to be kind of kind of one of these or one of the other. Um, I suppose thinking back um, way, way way back with the early NMLA stuff, um, we had a choice of um, we had a choice of siding with the engineer. I forget which yep. engineer it was, and getting something nice, or siding with the Empire and getting the status quo. And surprisingly, it was Liz Ryder, wasn't it? Yes. And, um, surprisingly, and, people went for Liz. Yeah, so, so, so perhaps there is a degree of the games master kind of putting his thumb on the scales. Um, but even so, if there's, the, if there's the choice, if there's the illusion of choice, and if there is actually a choice, if, if, if enough players get together, the, you know, the, 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 the involvement in community goals is perhaps 2,500 people something yeah. like that so so if if a player group was sufficiently determined they could probably swing a cg to the other side if they really wanted to so it would be interesting to see what would happen if that if that did happen if um if one of the cgs which looks like it is deliberately weighted mm-hmm. was was swung the other way would would the storytellers would the the games master be able to 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 cope with that yeah, but then yeah, we go back to the point of well, if they do stick to that, then that's them lost all that effort and preparation. But we'll just go back to Shan. Yeah, it's interesting what you were, what you were saying, um, Pete, because 
you um touching on what Colin was saying about they would prepare a whole load of stuff and then that's lost. Well, you don't need the immediate payback for the decision in the next CG. You can have that. So you can you can have a CG go one way and then you develop the assets and whatnot for the payoff for that CG further on down the line. Um, because I actually think that a CG needs a counter. Uh, it needs a... Do, you need you need a an order and a chaos route, so to speak, and I, I just I just think in this case it does feel like we're being railroaded a bit into the route. Now, if it's on foot thyroids or thyroid motor system, call it what, what you like. I kind of understand why you have to go down that route, but for me personally, I don't feel as I'm being given the illusion of truth, especially not when I read on the on the Monday of the, quote, CG ending, it doesn't matter whether you take part or not, you're going to get the same rewards. So I, I just want to have proper consequences because I want to feel as though it's, yes, you can watch a movie and you can be invested in the movie, but it's an interactive game we're playing. We're not watching a, a cutscene. Well, I think the main problem is uh, that if do start doing stuff that's exclusive, such as the, uh, you know, the fact that um, certain people get a certain weapon and other people don't, uh, for for doing the salvation thing, then you suck out. You know it. You know it all. Yeah, but you know what this community's like. You know it'll all kick off. It'll be the Cobra Mark Four all over again. There's another Cobra Mark Four thread on the forums now. Yes, and however, you know it's. <sighs> however, I, I I I sometimes think that Frontier should 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 just just say, well, you know, kind of like you didn't take part, you don't get the reward. Um, it, it 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 seems to me that um, we have it too easy as players. We should have to choose between Empire or Federation, and only be able to get the ships for the Empire yeah. or the Federation. For example, um, having, having choices where you, you need to diverge, the path that diverges um, makes makes life just so much so much more interesting. You know, as, as, as a, an Imperial player, I wonder what it's like to fly one of these Federal ships, but I can, yeah. I can never try that. That's, that's, I'm not multi-crewing somebody's ship to find out. Um, that, that, that sort of thing would make the universe more interesting, make the galaxy more interesting. Um, the choice has been the easy path to allow players to kind of experiment and try everything, which which is nice up to a point. I think I think the people who didn't take part in the CG will need to um, need to pay for the module. It's not that they're getting it completely free. Um, yeah, it's just made available, isn't it? It's made available to buy, but we get them for free. Yes, that's right. Um, so you know it's it, it's not completely clear cut, and clearly some some of the uh, CG reward weapons and other and other uh, modules um, require you to go to a tech broker and buy them with materials. So you don't you don't unlock it; you just buy one using materials, and then if you want another one, you've got to go and buy it with some more materials. Um, so so getting a free one of them is is quite handy actually. It's not. But it it's should. Not, yeah. um, but, but it should take into account what you've done previously. So, for example, if you took if if you took part in Aegis CG and you were clearly pro Aegis, then why would Salvation gift you with their newfangled 
Scouse guns. I don't know. The player agency. I think, I think, I think it's going to. I think it's too difficult to track down to that level at the moment. I mean, one thing that I did like was the fact that if you'd done um, the previous Salvation content, um, which I think was deliver um, deliver Guardian parts to this particular system. If you'd done that, then you were um, you were practically guaranteed to be one of the people who got the message. Uh, on Friday from Salvation saying, um, here, take the medical supplies here because it's all part of a big gun. Um, if you didn't take part, then you never got the message. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I am liking about this because there does seem to be a, a, connect, a connection that Salvation, that they're tracking the fact that, okay, you did this thing for Salvation, you did this thing for Salvation. That means when the next thing for Salvation comes along, you're going to get the drop on anybody else who didn't. Yeah, they're quite like that. Does that matter though if you haven't got the uh, the the message? Because thirty seconds later, it's on the forum or on Reddit, and you can go there and pick it up anyway. So, other than your involvement in the story, if you're just interested in the goodies, but Shan, it's the surprise. It's that lovely little bit of surprise where you you were sort of just quite happily flying along, then all of a sudden, ping, message from Salvation. What the heck's this? I don't know what's going on, and then you did. And the way it was messy, it, the way it came across, it came across that that's just for me. That's that's this, this. I'm onto something special here, and I didn't know. But anybody else getting this message until um, basically I came out of the game and went onto the forums and went, oh, everybody else has got it as well. Who, who's done this? And I liked, the, but for that sort of half hour where I was playing this and, and heading down to uh, to of the mega ship, I felt I was on a special mission, and so that is that's the kind of thing that really craps people. So, just an idea about the limited module and the salt and all that. What if, so if you and Pete, you got went again, you did the, you got the message, you went and got the Gauss cannon, and you're swinging it around the thyroids. What uh, if, what if I interdict you and blow you up and scoop it up so I then get it? And you then have to go and get another one. Why? Well, if I have to salvage it from the smoking remains of your ship? Yeah, I mean that, that that's a mechanism that that uh, it was decided not to have. And uh, you know, sort of the the idea that engineered modules stay engineered when you rebuy them. Um, all of those consequences for death, um, for whatever reason, um, there was a decision not to have in the game. Yeah, um, I, I I would have actually quite liked. Um, in 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 the current sort of campaign to have had a parallel aegis track so that people who were backing aegis could do other things in parallel but exclusively so you could either do salvation or aegis and get something else as a reward yeah i mean that would be nice it's just that i <laughs> i can i can see the, the the developers just going oh god they want everything now don't they? <laughs> absolutely yes it, it 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 becomes exponentially complex when you introduce more more tracks of uh, of yeah it's especially if you're running parallel storylines yeah um, um hi malik so, what was malik, that, is, malik is raiding us with a party of 88 oh welcome malik thank you thank you for uh, for joining us, I mean, actually, I mean, it's funny she mentioned this illusion of choice because Malik did say on the um, uh, on the lore stream that he was on a couple of weeks ago, he is a bit disappointed sometimes with the elite community always taking the safe option. 
You know, I mean, Pete, you were saying that the community seems to always go with the status quo. It's the same with the Mahon um, election that he was a bit annoyed about. He was just saying, um, <laughs> he was he was just saying that I, you know, I wish they had mixed it up and chosen the opponent to Mahon. Yes, yes, I I, I would have thought so as well. That um, a change of change of direction for mm. the alliance would have been quite interesting. Um, I, I don't know how that works with power play characters because mm. um, clearly, if if you replace Arissa or if you replace uh, Zachary Hudson or you replace Edmund Mahon, man, um, mm. then uh, then potentially you need to swap around the power play characters as well, which um, might not be uh, popular. No, well, they need another alliance power play person anyway, but. Um, <laughs> that's that's a whole other discussion. Um, no, yeah, Shan, you want a Loki option, you say? Yes, as I say, I almost want like a chaos option. As I say, like with the dropping the medicines to feed the Thargoids, that actually has a meaningful consequence. Like if you drop enough medicines to try and prevent said death ray, the Thargoids kind of give you a pass because we know actually in the game there's a hidden faction counter for Thargoids. So if you kill loads of Thargoids, you get more and more towards the hostile rating. You can't see it in-game, but the counter's there. And if you do stuff like speed them escape pods or leave them alone, you gradually nudge towards the allied indicator. So there is this stuff mechanic already in-game, and we know it exists as a Thargoid faction or hidden Thargoid faction. So just being able to do something that's unexpected or contrary to what you perceive to be the right way of going. Yes, I know it's a headache for the developers and boo-hoo, but I, I just think it makes, for, for, for me, I just kind of think it makes it more alive to be able to do something out of left field or potentially gum it up. Because what was the thing we may remember most about um, unknown artists and the Cerberus plague. It was people deliberately going around new aid bombing stations or spreading the plague and stuff on purpose, doing the unexpected, which drives the emergent gameplay and which then allows people to fix station using matter alloys and whatnot. The whole mechanic was yeah, great but, because it was. But then, then they decided to um, UA bomb. Um, people doing charity drives and things like that, don't they? Well, they did, but the good thing that came about, if you can call it good, the good thing that came out of it was how the community rallied together and sorted it out, and it didn't, didn't necessarily need to fix it. Now, I'm not saying people should go around and grief charity streams and stuff like that, but if you want an example of how a community can rally around that chaotic event, then that's a good example of people showing the the goodness in the elite community to, to sort that out. And I'm not saying I'm not condoning what the people did you aid bombing it. I'm just saying that it opened the opportunity for people to work together and fix it. Well, the main problem. True. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, <laughs> was going to say you you, yeah, you 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 um you can't do good unless you can also do evil. And and so yes, there needs to be that choice if you don't have the choice then you can't uh, you can't demonstrate your 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 good intentions yeah it, it is a difficult one to to get right because again it comes down to a limited amount of resources and we we are talking about the fact that we have lost plot threads and 
um, gameplay in the past because everyone just went a bit Loki. Or, oh no, I don't think Loki is unfair. I think it was using um, using alternative methods to find things. You want to put in a devil's advocate question? There is a surprise. What's no, your- uh, my devil's advocate question is: If we're going to get the goodies oh, available God. to us, no matter what we do, and if you play purely for the goodies then why even bother with the CGs? Why not just wait and get the goodies and stay out of it? Well, because... Oh. Well, then you don't want to play the game, do you? And there are some goodies which you can only... or which, which have only been made available to people who have completed CGs. They haven't all been opened up yet. Some of them have, but not all of them. Um, so you don't really know until afterwards if there's going to be an option for, for them to be more widely available. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's an interesting point. And, and can I can I just say that you know, kind of, we, we, we're picking holes in the storyline and the way the story is being presented, um, compared with just over a year ago when there was no story at all in the game. I think I think uh, I think you know we're <laughs> we, we, we're we, we're in a very very good position indeed. We have some brilliant storylines happening. Um, and if they're continuing into next year, that's great. It would obviously be lovely if uh, next year an even more complex set of stories could be developed and more sort of branching options. But I'm not complaining about what we've got because what we've got is pretty bloody good. Yeah. Um, Sean? I was about to agree with um, Peter, really. And and you wow. can tell... Well, no, uh, you, you can tell how how positive I'm feeling about the storyline by the fact I haven't ripped it to shreds, if you see what I mean. Usually I yes. say what I feel. Usually I say what I feel, and if I think something's good, I'll say it's good. And if I say it's, it's terrible, I'll say it's terrible. But the fact I haven't done that to that just shows how grateful I am to actually have something moving things along and not just trying to stick the status quo. So, yeah, I want to agree with Pete. Yeah, I mean, I must admit... Um... When the interstellar initiatives actually stopped, it did feel like the game just died. I mean, it's 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 got to. I think a lot of people. I don't know whether or not they did it on purpose, whether or not it was a resourcing issue, or whether or not the people complained too much about uh, they had CG fatigue or, or whatever it was. Uh, I don't understand why they thought it was a good idea just to stop Interstellar Initiatives full stop or Galnet News. I, it's it's one of those things that's just completely puzzled me. It was a strange choice, wasn't it? Um, because, well, well, mind you, mind you, there were lots of people back then who were saying sort of community goals are rubbish. I don't want to play community goals. I, don't, I never read Galnet. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until we lost it that we realised how important it was. And and to some degree, Frontier listened to us and said, well, okay, the community is saying that they don't want Galnet or community goals. And so they removed them. And they put them back again because we then said, actually, we've changed our mind on that. Did we, did they, did we say, though, because in my mind, I never said I didn't want community goals or didn't want this. I just wanted community goals with if you like, a good and evil outcome, so to speak. I wanted consequential community goals that didn't just feel like a bucket-filling exercise. 
But that's the problem. All they, all they were doing was putting in the bucket filling exercises and people were getting bored with them and, and being very vocal about it on, on both social media and on... Um, yeah, then they took the wrong message, didn't they, from people? They did. They did. And I must admit that that point, uh, that part of the game where between um, the end of the last Interstellar Initiative... Which, incidentally, Leave has never recovered from. Have you noticed that? I saw your post on the forum about the con. Did you actually get any official response to that? I never got any official... Re- well, I got a lot of people saying, no, Leave is now stuck only being able to produce Leave and Brandy and some very few agricultural goods because not enough people um, transferred the... Uh, uh, the chem, the the fixing chemicals to the sta- to our station before um uh, before the mechanic stopped, and one of the things I was trying to find out is whether or not the mechanic is still there, so that if we carry on taking the, I, I can't remember what it's called, the appropriate commodity that fixes land, if you like, if we carry on sending that to leave, does that mean that we get more agricultural goods back, and Apparently, I don't think it does. I think we're stuck with damaged fields forever. So, so players effectively trashed Lave. Yeah, effectively. Excellent. You're blighted forever. Yeah, agronomic. Uh, what was it agronomic treatment, according to Okayam? So, uh, yes. I mean, that's one more of the things. Like I was... that. More like that. We want to be able to trash more systems, like we did Lave. I mean, as far as the... I can't remember. Is, is the blight state still active? Yes, it is. And, uh, oh, and it's, not, it's not necessarily active in, in Lave, but but uh, that the whole point of that interstellar initiative was to introduce a number of new states, and yeah. blight was one of them. Yeah. Oh, the, well, back to back to the... I got... Sorry, I got taken off on a tangent there. Um, but my point was that once the narrative of the interstellar initiatives ended... And we had that horrible period until fleet carriers appeared. Um, it just felt like the galaxy was just dead. It was dead. And even when fleet carriers arrived, they weren't acknowledged in Galnet at all. They just appeared. And it wasn't until um, sort of pretty, pretty much a year ago now um, that suddenly everything exploded back into life. But if you calculate back from that... Yeah. They must have been planning a good six months ahead of that to get all these storylines in place. So, you know, sort of prob- probably before Fleet Carriers came out, there was probably a, a, a chunky team working on developing storylines uh, ahead of ahead of the, the, the release. And Arthur arriving as lead community manager, and I would imagine that, that plans were already underway by the time he, he arrived. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, th- there was definitely a recognition that um, that that shutting down CGs and shutting down um, sort of Galnet was a mistake, and it, just in, in in the classic Frontier way, they don't they don't tell you until it, until, until they release the the new thing to fix it. So mm-hmm. um, just like we we're not going to get the patch notes until tomorrow for for update seven, um, they didn't tell us that. Yeah, we're going to do Galnet again until until it happened, which is fine. 
Yeah. Um, okay, Sean, uh, a quick point on this, yeah, and then I, I think I we'll have to just, move on. I, yeah, I was just thinking what Pete was, was saying and the timing. Am I right in thinking that that Lawrence is like in charge of story now? He is, yes. And before Piers arrived, Lawrence was game direct, game design director. Is that correct? Um, I do believe so, yes. So could the difference be that Piers came in and then that freed up Lawrence to do the story stuff, and prior to Piers, they didn't have a story guy? So now we're seeing the fruits of having a story guy in the same vein as Michael Brooks used to be. I do know. I, I do know because Alan pointed it out to me. I do know that Frontier had had advertised for a second writer because uh, apparently there was a first writer uh, or a writing position that was being used. We think for Elite Dangerous, and then they they've, there was a, a second position that um, was available. Uh, I don't know whether it got filled. Um, it would, uh, but judging by the fact that uh, the narrative has picked up so much, I think it might have been. So, anyway, uh, so overall, um, the narrative I think is in a it's in a much better place. Certainly, a much better place than it was this time last year. Um, just quickly, I mean, Sham, you enjoying the the new stuff? Well. The new storyline, then. Um, as I say, what I'm I'm taking my usual CG approach is I read the CG, I look what the rewards are, I look if if I can be bothered with the effort of getting it, and then I decide <laughs> whether to join in or not. So for this one, I knew I, I knew the guns were going to come anyway, so I sat it out because you know I'm lazy like that. But uh, I, I'm enjoying seeing people sp- enjoying the speculation again. So I'm enjoying the speculation. I'm enjoying the conversation like this one around it. So yeah, I mean, I, I would like the fact it's got the community buzzing again, which has been sorely missing recently. Excellent, um, Pete. Yes, what one of one of the things that you need in a game is talking points, um, the sorts of things that make their way into the gaming press, the sorts of things that get the community talking. And events like this are the sort of thing that get people talking. The whole salvation story has got people talking. The NMLA, although it's probably a, 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 a tighter sort of storyline, less, less, less open to choice, uh, got people talking. Um, and then there's a, there's, a, there's a sequence of sort of smaller stories, the, um, the, 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 the Duvals, the, um, uh, the Federation and its um, proactive detection bureau, the Onion Head story. These are, these, these are smaller storylines which perhaps last a few weeks and then, then sort of peter out. But having one or two stories that go on for months at a time and provide us with with a whole kind of a whole narrative structure an overarching um narrative structure i think is is vastly beneficial to the game because it gets people talking and because it gets us noticed in the gaming press as well excellent um ben i know that you've been busy flying in vr i mean um if you enjoyed the storyline and uh what's been what's been happening yeah i'm enjoying the storyline vicariously i guess you could say you know, by reading by reading the Garnet news or what listening to Pete and things like that. Um, 
the things that I've been enjoying doing is being sort of like going out there and seeing the bits and the bats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not been partaking in a lot of it, shall we say? Like I've not gone off and rescue been rescuing civilians, or I've not gone off and delivered bioweapons uh, to uh, to salvation. Yeah. Although I will admit, though, the the not delivering bioweapons to salvation is at least in part because I still maintain the fact that I believe that we're the bad guys. And the yeah. genocide that we've seen in... in uh, Not in Cornwall. In... <laughs> in Cornwall. Oh, my God, my pasties. <laughs> yeah, the Cornwall. devastation we've seen in this, his- in this system and all of these Thargoid scouts and all these crashed Thargoid ships just being obliterated. Yeah. That's... Scary? Almost a war crime. That's what they want you to think. That possibly is what they want us to think. But, but wiping out 10,000 innocent humans in a space station isn't. Well, are they innocent? That's the question. But yeah, the civilians probably are, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, we don't know if the Thargoid ships are actually functional. Maybe they just went to a scrapyard and got their own bits and dumped them on the planet. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's the, the yes. He accidentally cut him. He died accidentally cutting himself shaving this morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you. I thought you were going with the. He accidentally got stabbed fifteen times in the yeah. back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, personally, uh, yeah, I must admit, I've, I've, I'm enjoying the salvation stuff. Um, uh, yeah, the, I do think that yeah, the illusion of choice is is kind of missing a bit. It is, yeah. But but um, I'm fine going along with it if it's if it's going to lead to hive ships and uh, sort of hybrid Thargoid fighters and and maybe maybe anti Thargoid combat round round uh, base on foot. So. Um, if this is where they're heading, I mean, Malik VR in the chat has pointed out that he feels that Frontier has got to to, to delay some drastic stuff until the console version is ready, so that everybody gets their hands on the on-foot Thargoid stuff at the same time. I mean, do you think that's a, a good plan for them to do that, or do you think? Well, they have it, to. They have to do that, really. Um, I, I would imagine they've had to rewrite some of this storyline to spin it out a bit longer so that whatever it is that comes as a as a consequence isn't going to come too soon for the people on consoles. Um, it, it would be grossly unfair uh, for people who've paid the same amount of money for Xbox or, or PlayStation um, to not be able to participate in this when it first when it first starts happening. Doesn't that run the risk of losing losing the momentum from the story? Yes, it does. But, uh, yeah. So, 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 so it, it does mean they need to add add some wrinkles into the story to to keep it feeling active. And I guess they need to pace it as well, so the different chapters or the different acts of the of the story are coming out frequently enough to make it interesting, but but still ending up at roughly the right point um, when the when, when the tech is ready, basically for for the next part of the story. Yeah, Ben, uh, the Wintermoot would just like to point out genocide in Cornwall. Um, you've just killed off the burrs. Well done. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, we don't want to touch the burrs. Rain, Rainy is a lovely individual, as so is Commander Burr. We don't <laughs> want to touch them. 
Uh, where would you get a good camera angles without them? Um, okay, well, moving on from uh, a discussion uh, uh, about the, the ongoing storyline, we're just going to touch on a few uh, items uh, that have happened in the community the, over the last week or so. Uh, for those of you who are interested in the uh, stunt competition that uh, Bruce has been uh, uh, featuring, um <laughs> Ghost Giraffe and Mars uh, have managed to do a 22-kilometer SRV jump to land on a monolith. Uh, <laughs> in their unusual, in, in their typical style, they, they've taken an SRV up to 22K and tried to get it to land on one of the monoliths. Um, yes, it's certainly worth a watch. We will put the, the link in the show notes. Does anybody else see that one, or was, was that just me? <laughs> I haven't, but I'd like to see it. Question is, did they manage to fit it into the 30-second limit? Ooh, well, you'll just have to watch and find out. I shall. <laughs> um, also, in other... Well, in related to the plot, uh, Minnie, uh, the well-known YouTuber, uh, he has gone Thargoy hunting. And, of course, we will put a, a YouTube link on that one. Uh, for those of you wondering, Top Shift 128 is uploading even as I speak. And uh, that's just going to be start uh, the continuing mission guides to the to the new uh, on foot content. Um, this time covering the, my favourite mission: the how to restore power to a a uh, abandoned um, settlement, which is <sighs> just basically free money. Basically, um, are you chat- warming to the yeah? I was have a face. Um, are you warming to the adder, Colin? No. I've I've done my time in the Adder. I'm afraid to say the Adder has now is now part of Leaf Station. I will get back into it um, in some time in the future, but no, 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 no. Are no, you no. going to get back into it to celebrate the console release? Um, I will no doubt make a stupid bet sometime in the future, and uh, if I if I get that bet wrong, then I will be returning to the Adder. Yeah. See, I'll come on to my proper question in a minute, but I don't feel as though you've done your penance in the Adder. I think oh, I, I have done the penance. I have done the I penance. Don't, no, I don't think so. I don't listen, think so. listen the ne- this top shift, the next top shift, the next top shift, and the top shift after that are all in the Adder. That's five top shifts in an Adder. And how I long think, per episode? Uh, at least half an hour. I think that's enough. It's enough for me. <laughs> Anyway, my community question is, um, I can't really go around uh, calling test subject gamma, test subject gamma, when other people are around. So it needs a name. So if you've got a name for this cat we're getting, kitten we're getting, Ah. let me know and it will be considered. Um, (laughs) So basically, you would like Lave Radio to name your, your new cat. Uh, forward names for the cat. I mean, like, they've got to pass the Mrs. Shan veto, of course. So, so basically, it'll uh, be Catty McCatface. What's its gender? It's a, it's a male cat. It's or a male it, cat. It, it identifies as a male cat. Okay. Well, <laughs> if, it, if it's if it's a gamma, you know, gamma rays and things like that, why not Bruce or Banner? Bengal, not gamma. Where do you get gamma from? I thought Shan was calling it test subject gamma. I've got, All right, got I've got two dogs. Alphabet, Gamma, see? So I've got two dogs. Yeah. So I would say if you're going with Gamma, you have to call you know something like Banner 
or something to do with gamma rays, basically. And the Hulk is an obvious answer. My 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 brother suggested Jonesy, which appeals. Jonesy works, yeah. Aliens. Oh, of course. Gotcha. Yeah, Jonesy's always a good option. So yes, keep keep the names coming. They'll all be considered and um probably rejected knowing this lot. Well, one day, maybe. Maybe like that. We've we've been we've been struggling with names because I mean my um eldest Minishan wanted to call it Loki. But then Loki's a top Loki's a top ten name for cats now, and it's a bit boring. What is this? Oh, yeah. Loki would be top ten names for alligators. Definitely. No, well, it's a top name for a top ten name for a cat, supposedly. So, yeah. you know, it's a male cat, so you have to think of kind of like. Um, you well, that's why I thought uh, banner and uh, things. Yeah, I mean, a female cats tend to be, in my mind, easier to name. But anyway. Know. Keep the names coming, guys, and we will see. So that's my plea this week, and uh, you'll hear next week of um, exploits with test subject Gamma. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> so, Green Rage Monster down south, then. Um, our mostly clueless section, we've got uh, Commander Nopelius, uh, who's, who's, who was kind enough to actually phonetically spell out his name, considering what the... <laughs> Um, he says um, fire groups for different scanners and mode changes so I, I take it that's just setting up um, different fire groups yeah, for different groups. scanners and uh, yes that will make life a lot easier um, I'm actually I'm, I'm I, an example of doing that just now I, I really wish I'd seen that phonetic pronunciation in the show notes earlier I could have changed it <laughs> <laughs> You get for not reading the show notes in advance, Sham. Well, I just, I didn't, I'd kind of run out of mischief. You can't make an excuse. I'd run out of mischief thinking about stuff I'm doing with test subject gamma, but. uh... Yeah, well, there's this one, um, there is one, we've come to uh, what was known as Psy's smutty bits at the moment. Now, obviously, with Psy playing with herself this week, um, she obviously doesn't have. She's playing with other friends. She's playing with other friends. We're not good enough. So it's the same. Apparently. You know what it's like if you don't get invited to play uh, game, games of Star Trek Bridge Crew now, don't you? Oh, right. Okay. Well, it's good. Oh, right. say he wasn't, he wasn't the one to come play the side this week. <sighs> anyway, but however, I have had an idea. Now, um, as you know, Bruce is getting a bit of a reputation or, uh, for being a bit of a backstabber. Bruce the Garrido, the community manager. Bruce the CM. Yes. And um, I thought we could come up with uh, their own kind of top gear, uh, top gear kind of phrase. You know, something along the lines of some may say he likes to run over baby bunnies in his SRV, and we just know him as the Bruce. That kind of thing. So if you could come up. They have to be clean. Or no. are we trying to combine this with size smutty bits? About well, no, it, it can be as clean. It can be as it can it can be as well. Let, let's just stay away from really really sick ones. So we'll we'll make sure that it doesn't go full dockers. But <laughs> we'll see if we can come up with some some really good ones to throw at him when he's next doing his uh, next uh, and the next being a Bruce. <laughs> yeah, next time being a Bruce. And I'm thinking about it. I mean. Um, He's wanting to uh, to do stunt uh, us to do stunt videos, and who's the who's the most important stuntman that you can ever remember? Evil Knievel. but we instead have got Evil Garrido. 
So I th- I think it, it's just it, 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 it seems there's something perfect. in there, do you? I think there is. So <laughs> yeah, so, I will agree with. Chris is saying you never want to go full docking without without protection. Um, someone's asking, yeah. "Have I flown to Hutton Orbital in an adder yet?" I have actually. I Prove have, it. And, that's, and oh god, do I? No, I don't have to prove it, and I'm not going to do that. Screenshots where it didn't happen. <laughs> but what screenshots from six years ago? I don't think so. Or your logs. Send us your send us your journal. You have had logs. They didn't have logs back. Oh dear, I've got we'll to be careful. <laughs> didn't have logs back then. Well, good grief, no wonder you're constipated. Day, they didn't have logs. <laughs> no wonder you're constipated. Now, anyway, uh, shall we move on? Um, I, I think. Uh, does anybody okay. have any other bits before I continue on with the um, the shoutouts? I might do. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'll see. There was something I was going to get Sai to read out, but obviously she can't, so I'll let you read it out instead, Colin. Oh, okay. Oh, is this about the Dockers doing a this charity is about Christmas, Christmas special? special yeah. uh, right. Oh, God, you would, haven't you? Um, we'll do, Shan, do you, do you want to do yours first so that I can... No, I want to listen to you squirm first, so on you go. Oh, God's truth. Dockers is doing a charity Christmas special. Okay, brace yourself, everybody. Um, You're going in. You're going in. I know it's only September, and good taste dictates that Christmas should never be mentioned until long after Halloween. But in the world of entertainment, Christmas has to be well prepared for in advance. When you think about preparing for Christmas, you're probably thinking about dinner. Will it be beef? Will it be turkey? How about an enormous cock? Yes, the Dockers are coming back this Christmas with a Christmas special, and would they have set up a Kickstarter on Just Giving? That is right, a Kickstarter on Just Giving. I don't think they quite understand where that all the money will be going to charity instead of themselves. Anyway, if you have never heard of Dockers, you lucky people. It's a mockumentary podcast about the ordinary folk of the galaxy, from the lowly toilet attendants to famous wildlife documentary makers. It's been going for a few years and usually does a live show at Lafecon late at night, well after the watershed, because it is very, very naughty. Very naughty. It makes Ben seem like a nun, doesn't it? And Roger definitely makes me seem like a nun. Yes. Um, yeah, but I don't want none. Anyway, if they meet their target, they will put on the Christmas show. Though, to be honest, they'd probably put it on regardless. They have some rewards in their charity Kickstarter. Uh, so if you've ever fancied being the subject of a documentary, there are a few options to get your name in the show. Uh, some of them will be pretty unsat- unsavoury and... Uh, and <laughs> I'm warning you, it will not be a pleasant pleasant experience, right? Um, tier 1, £5. Listen to the the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home for no additional cost. Tier 2, £10. Listen to the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home for a small additional cost. Uh, £20. Have your name read out by the narrator at the end of the show with the credits. £30. Listen to the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home for a substantial additional cost. £40. A lifetime supply of Genosis avian cheese. 
file stops last 10 available one block per lifetime believe me it's enough no refunds first come first served after 10 blocks allocated reward will be downgraded to tier 3 50 pounds a sketch free a sketch featuring you and performed by members of the cast of dockers <laughs> to be clear we don't mean to say members we mean to, oh i'm not saying that the segment will be up to 5 minutes long uh, for two hundred, you don't want to say penises, Colin. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd leave it up to you. Oh no, two hundred pounds. <laughs> a character of our choice will perform a sex act on your character during the show. This will be a dramatization, not an actual act. You sicko. For five hundred pounds. A character of our choice will perform an enjoyable sex act on you during the show. Again, this will be a dramatization and not an actual act. You sicko. Enjoyment is not guaranteed. LCU went off and differentiated between a sex act versus an enjoyable one. (laughs) But then again, as somebody whose character had to spend a a weekend or at least a night with uh, Finn. Please, no, no. I didn't swallow. No, no, yeah. no, 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 right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, And we're not talking on. about virtual reality, are we, Colin? No, we're not. Uh, and no, for no. a, th- <laughs> a thousand I pounds... you, wasn't it? Oh, my God. A thousand pounds, you can have your ears surgically removed so you never have to listen to the show again. Please note that this is satire and not a cure for body dysmorphia. Uh, £10,000. This episode will be set in the Star Citizen universe. Yay! <laughs> and for, probably come out in about 50 years' time. Uh, and for £11 million, are you a farmer, bro? We will record a 40-minute episode exclusively for you. No one else will be able to listen to it unless you let them. So that is our list of uh, stuff. Go to justgivings.com slash team slash Dockers or one phrase. <sighs> right. And just just to make you know clear, it is actually do, being done all for charity. Um, all the money being raised is going to special effects, etc. Um, so it's not actually, there's nothing, nothing, no, it's not a Kickstarter. It's all basically money being raised for special effects because special effects are awesome. <laughs> also, you, just, you know who's a special effects ambassador? No, not ambassador. Special effects member of staff now. Who doesn't listen to Lave Radio? Hmm. Yes, funny that. Yes. I, I think we might have to see if we can find any parts for her. <laughs> um, on our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. Tune in at Twitch TV Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the Dissident Commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out uh, CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. Um, uh, Shan, would you like to quickly interrupt me? Um, yes, I was going to ask people um, as a plea for science, please see if you can kill players and NPCs using Thargoid Remnants in Conflict Zones and let us know. Please, 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 because I think it's a really important piece of science and a bug that should be reported to no one uh, if it works. So, hashtag There is help, an obvious Shan. option here, Shan. <laughs> Stop tasking people and do it yourself, you lazy bastard! <laughs> 
Yeah, but you need a large sample size. Okay, I want proof size. that you've been one of the samples. I am not being one of your samples, Ben. No, I want proof that you've done some sampling. <clears throat> Gentlemen, allow me to continue. You can carry on with your sample discussion later. Um, <laughs> though that will be available for £10,000 in... <laughs> oh, <laughs> £10,000 <laughs> for sale. <laughs> Right. Um, we're also going to give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts, which have appeared over the last year, or our standard regular contributors. So there's Allograb AM, uh, Black Sky Legion, uh, Canon Podcast. Uh, we have the Elite Cast for the Spanish speaking. Elite Cast. Elite Cast. Is that how they... Yes. You do pronounce the E Elita. on the end of a word. Elite yeah, learn something new every day. The Fatherhood Podcast, the Flight Assist Podcast, the Guard Frequency Podcast, who we have to point out, they got lucky this week because they managed to get the whole of the CG in their show for last week while we had to wait. They, they do this, and they will this week also get first reaction of the of Update 7. Yet they have the audacity to claim that Frontier give us preferential treatment. And I, I don't think that's right. Plus also, they have admitted that they've all got goatees. And if there are other... Are they the evil lave radio? Exactly. They are the mirror universe lave radio because they've all got evil goatees. And considering they run also Priority, Priority One, which is their Star Trek podcast, they should know that. <laughs> Anyway, don't know why that came came from. Um, I like the Guard Frequency <laughs> podcast because I edit it. People like the Guard <laughs> Frequency podcast. They're lovely guys. Jolly good. <laughs> it's just I'm just saying I heard them and they heard me and I'm just replying. That's all. <laughs> um, the Loose Screws podcast, obviously, say hi to to Ty and uh, DJ, DJ Tracks and uh, stay cheesy, everybody. Um, also, we've got New Worlds. Uh, zero prep. How's how's that going, Ben? That's going good, actually. Yeah, we had our third show the other day, um, and it's just as ever. It's just it's a nice opportunity to be able to speak about stuff that we're not pigeonholed into. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I just have to point out that uh, yeah, there was a new flight assist podcast this week as well from uh, from Cy and and Mouth the Wind. Uh, there's also Squeaking Fuel and System Chat. Um, for those that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, you can subscribe to the Data Slate podcast, which is created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Uh, and following this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest, are provided by the wonderful, amazing Commander Wotherspoon, uh, with with his sidekick Commander Beetlejuice. Woo! <laughs> Actually, should that shouldn't Beetlejuice be first, and then Pete be a sidekick sometimes? Why? What do you get that idea from? Well, I just think Beetlejuice needs added promotion. You see, so maybe having her, her as like the primary, and Pete as a sidekick for a change. She does have all the good ideas. To be fair, there we go. So there we have it. We we you've obviously introduced a a little bit of um, a competition between who's coming up with the best ideas for Garnet News. I think. Anyway, um, we'd like to thank everybody who has chipped in on the Twitch chat. And um, Ben, how many in-game commanders have we had visiting you? So I've been joined up with Niggles and Oblivious doing 
this little bit of pew pew that we've just been doing and they were and visiting the Thargoid and and blowing up ships and things like that. Uh, as well as the earlier gentleman whose name I've now forgotten. I'm sorry, I am terrible with names. Um, Excellent. Yeah. We'd also like to th- give special thanks to Commander Tokuso, who created the music for the introduction of the show. Anyway, that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com for all your um, uh, suggestions for Shan, uh, Shan's cat, and also the the uh, uh, the wonderful stuff for Evil Garrido. Um, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. That's live related, obviously. Um, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com. So uh, thanks to Ben. Thanks to Shan. Thanks to Commander Wotherspoon. And special thanks goes to Commander Putnik Santiago for uh, being the tech gibbon for the... Oh, hang on, is it tech? Sloth. Tech sloth. Uh, and fair play, this has been his first solo run for today. So I, I think a round of applause for the tech sloth is definitely needed. Um, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Special, 21st of September 3307. The First Thargoid War. Salvation's apparent elimination of Thargoids in the Kornsar system on Monday has been devastating and complete, leaving only wrecks of Thargoid ships peppering the surface of planets. It's not the first time an attempt has been made to eliminate the Thargoids. 156 years ago, an organization called INRA attempted to do something similar. 
there had been rumours of strange ships and of ships disappearing mysteriously all the way back to the 2810s, nearly 500 years ago. In 3100, Commander Peter Jameson, the first member of the Pilots' Federation to attain the rank of elite, claimed to have been ripped out of hyperspace by fast-moving and deadly octagonal spacecraft that closely resemble the Thargoid scouts we see today. Eleven years later, the Azimuth Biochemicals megaship Adamaster attempted to salvage some sort of Thargoid object that had been discovered by a geological survey in Muscadark region PJ-PB6-1. There doesn't seem to have been any significant aggression on the part of the Thargoids that were harvesting the barnacles there, but some sort of malevolent force seems to have driven the crew of the Adamaster mad. Two years later, the Proteus, Azimuth Biochemicals tender to the megaship Hesperus, found an ancient Guardian Thargoid battlefield in Trapezium Sector YU-XC1-2. They developed a deadly weapon using Guardian technology found there, but killed themselves trying to test it. The weapon remained unknown until earlier this year, when the site was rediscovered. Twelve years after the discovery of this ancient battle site in 2125, the Thargoids attacked humanity in great numbers. The trigger point remains unclear, but it may have been federal colonists firing on Thargoids that provoked the response. The war raged on for 25 years, but humanity, in the form of the federal and imperial joint venture known as INRA, was developing a superweapon to end the conflict in a devastating way. INRA established seven covert research and manufacturing sites. They spent hundreds of millions of credits researching weapons, but in the end it was a researcher who was trying to develop disease-resistant crops whose work came to the attention of INRA. A researcher at Clat Enterprises, which can be found on Alnath A2AA, describes the development of the weapon. Finally, we have a breakthrough. A researcher at the facility in the Hermitage 4A system has found something, stumbled onto something by all accounts, and it's pushed our research forward dramatically. Essentially, it's a kind of fungus, one that appears to have a significant effect on Thargoid technology. We knew their tech was partly biological, but until now we couldn't find a way to use that fact to our advantage. The theory is that if we could somehow get the fungus into their starships, specifically their hyperdrives, we could shut them down. They'd be unable to leave their system. We could end the war in a single stroke. The mycoid can paralyze a Thargoid system, either physical or technological, in a matter of seconds. It is extremely effective. I confess, the knowledge that the mycoid causes the Thargoid's physical pain brings me some measure of satisfaction. But when one has seen firsthand the effect of their weapons, seen the destruction, the chaos, the bodies, can one be blamed for wanting them to suffer as we have? We know the mycoid works. Now it falls to other members of the project to determine how it can be effectively deployed. I know there are some who will condemn me for my part in this project. Let them. I harbor no remorse. 
The Thargoids understand only one thing. Destruction. They will not stop until every last one of us has been reduced to dust. We have created a weapon that can prevent such a catastrophe. We have a moral obligation to use it. Those in charge of INRA decided that the delivery mechanism would be a brave pilot by the name of John Jameson, a descendant of Peter Jameson and the great-grandfather of Shinrata engineer Laurie Jameson. This brave but naive commander was given the task of delivering the Mycon virus payload to what is described as a Thargoid hive ship, which is presumably the Thargoid equivalent of a Farragut battlecruiser or an Imperial interdictor. That was almost too easy. Thread my way past the perimeter, mass base signature so I'd get close to the superstructure. I tell you, I've never seen a hive ship up close before. Doubt many people have. It was amazing, kiddo. Beautiful, really. Makes you realize just how smart they are, how how advanced. I admit it. I hesitated for a moment before I hit the button. I had to remind myself it wasn't them I was attacking, just their technology. Uh, as if this microwave virus theirs even works. Oh, man. I watched the payload rocket into the belly of their ship and stuck around just long enough to make sure it hit home. Then I punched the throttle. Whoa! Whew. I'm coming home, kiddo. Jameson appears to have been unaware until it was too late that his mission would result in the death of hundreds of thousands of Thargoids, or that Inra had arranged for it to be a one-way mission. It was supposed to target the hyperdrives. That's what they told me, just the hyperdrives, so we'd be safe again, so we could live without fear. Well, it did a hell of a lot more than that. There were sensors on the payload so I could monitor the reaction and make sure it activated properly. I, I'm staring at the data now. It, the, the weapon is lethal. They knew what it could do. They knew what it could do and they used it anyway. How many have we killed? Thousands? Millions? God forgive us. Commander Jameson's crashed ship can be visited on HIP 120991B. The morality of Inra's attack on the Thargoids has been called into question, but it seems to have been effective, as nothing more was seen of the Thargoids for another 153 years. If salvation can repeat the process of wiping out Thargoids system by system, we may be able to return to life without the Thargoids. But will the ends justify the means? Are we comfortable with what may amount to the elimination of a sentient alien species? And despite their occasional attacks on starports, won't the galaxy be missing an important ingredient if the Thargoids vanish forever? Of course, if the Thargoids choose to retaliate, we may get to see for ourselves those hive ships that Commander Jameson spoke of, and humanity might once again be plunged into an all-out war. Mm-hmm.